Hey guys, welcome to the ANA podcast. Today with us, we have Ross Ducey, uh, who's experienced uh, as a coach in cricket fitness, in cricket strength, and in cricket rehab. He's also won uh, the Vitality T20 Plus with IOI. What's this year? Yeah, it's a pretty hard word to say. Uh, yeah, so is there anything else you wanted to add to that list? Uh, yeah, it's, it, but Juicy's my nickname. It's, uh, it's Ross Dewey. Oh, it's Ross Dewey. Okay, all right. Yeah, everyone calls me Juicy, so no, it's all good. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Yeah, so, you know, talk, talk us about, like, how you got into cricket uh, and, you know, what, what's your favorite team and, and what you basically do day to day. Okay, right, yeah. I mean, I've just actually finished after 22 years in the pro game. Uh, I've just sort of finished to concentrate on my own stuff. Uh, but I got into it back in 2000. I just finished doing a diploma on sports therapy and fitness training and different things. And my mind's always worked a little differently. Um, the, the, the normal sort of training shouldn't be enough and shouldn't be what sports people should do. And I love cricket. Growing up, I started playing cricket when I was probably 10. Um, and, and back then, there wasn't the coverage there is now. There was, yep. right, of you know, course. Yeah, I, I'd just get home from school around half three and if there's a test match on it would be on bbc2 so back then we only had four channels and we might so five times a year we'd have a bit of cricket on but i was hooked i loved it i loved the bowling quick i always wanted to be a quick bowler i always thought i was darren goff um but just just didn't have the um have the pace and i got stopped just as i was getting into the dorset county squad i got stopped from playing for a season because i had bad shins and um and basically, a lot of my drive came from there because there was nothing else given to me. It was just that you got a rest. In my, in my head, I was like, well, no, there must be something else I can do. So that was frustration, really. You know, And once I did my diploma and everything, I wanted to get into cricket to try and hop out. So I got a job with Somerset back in uh, March 2000. So, so that's where it started off. Wow, wow, that's really interesting. And uh, just to follow up to that, uh, Ross, um, with regards to the shin injury that you had earlier in your cricketing career, did that kind of uh, lead into you wanting to train or re- uh, help other cricketers with rehab? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because like I said, in my head, there must have been something else to do rather than just rest. Because, exactly. and I've, I've kept the same philosophy, you know, up until now rest unless you've got a broken bone you know from, course, from yeah. <laughs> and you've got to rest it rest isn't going to heal an injury you got you get an injury for a particular reason you know whether it be even an acl a stress fracture a pulled muscle i always equate it to being in a car in your your engine light the warning light coming on mm-hmm. so it's telling you you've got to address something something's going wrong so let's sit my shins it, i probably got not great ankle dorsiflexion Um, maybe my knee stability wasn't great maybe my glutes weren't strong enough and and so my shins were taking the brunt of it uh, when I was landing you know I was 16 stone when I was uh, 16 17 so you know it could be that it there should have been so many other things that you look at but people still go for the injuries you go to a physio now and you've pulled a hammy the physio would be fantastic at fixing the hammy but what they don't do and this is, is in most there's some that do do it, but a lot just fix the injury and they don't look for why it happened. Right. For a hammy injury, there's always a reason why it happened. But exactly. Until yeah. you find that, just resting 
might mean that that the injury temporarily it might it might help you, but in the long run, it's not really solving the cause of the issue. Very exactly. well said. And exactly. I think that actually relates us back to the fact that you focusing specifically on cricket is something so important because, as you mentioned, you might pull a hammy and you might have to go to the physio. The physio might just fix that hammy, but they don't know exactly what's going wrong in your exactly. leg structure. As you mentioned, it could be something wrong with your dorsiflexion of the ankle. It could be something with instability. It could be shins. Uh, you might have weak shins that might be splinting often. So based on what you're doing as a cricketer, you might be like bowling pace, right? So based on that, you might be causing these problems within your leg structure in these different places within your anatomy. And that again, might be leading to a pulled hammy, it might be a pulled calf, whatever it is, right? So it's very interesting right. to think about the fact that we have so many things going on in our like anatomy itself that we need to yeah. pinpoint based on what motion we're doing to then understand where the problems are arising. So very well said, I really loved that explanation of that. And uh, talking more about injuries itself, um, you know, these days, especially, and especially with pace boulders itself, so many pace boulders get injured because of the fact that their job as a cricketer is very high intensity. So um, how does someone come back from an injury? How, does they, how do they keep their mentality very fixed and calm and just motivated to keep going even through that, you know, that period of an injury? Yeah, I, I mean, I feel, you need to know to start that what you're doing is going to work. You know, and you need to have the trust, which is why you know I, I get a lot of people come to me because they've seen the results, and and they know that when someone's with me, I'm totally invested in, in them getting back because I almost take it personally. You know, if someone's got an injury, right. it's like, right, we're going to get you right here, whatever it is. Exactly. And there's been, I think there's been two or three times in my career when there's an injury which is completely outside of my remit, which I could control, and right. even then, it still it still eats at me and bugs me. So I think the first step is, is to reassure the athlete, as long as it's not an injury, like I just said, look, that just needs a surgical intervention, nothing else is going to happen. If it's just a normal injury, you can say, right, we, we, we don't panic because there's stuff we can do. And, you know, when I talk to them, I always get people on a Zoom call. And let's just keep with a hammy. If they keep doing the hammy and I say to them, okay, how's your knee stability? They'll just look blankly at me. If I say, how's your ankle? Look black. I don't right. know. No one's gone near it. So immediately you're giving them other places to go because what people and what they get told is they get an injury and they get told, go and do some yoga. <laughs> and, <that's laughs> it. and you're just like, okay, so you've got an, a, a wear and tear injury because something's gone wrong. So your hamstrings already tight and, and you know, on tender hooks. And then you're going to go and pull it even more. It's just right. like, when, when are we going to actually think properly about these things? So you, once you give the athlete, right, we go here, 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 and here, and immediately two or three things will pop up and say, right, we're going to, so short term, you get rid of the pain, obviously, but then you work on the things around it. So right. you begin to work on a little bit of ankle mobility. You get to work on a bit of knee stability, glutes, whatever it might be, and, and you feed that in. And once they understand that and they start to feel better, Right. Then they can move forward. The, the, obviously, the testimonials and the, the guys I work with on my one-to-one -one plan, the, the best ones are the ones where they come on almost at the end of their tether because they've been told they can't bowl again or they've got a back injury or whatever injury. Right. And we take them from that point to get them out of pain to when they start to say to me, right, can we just ramp it up now? That's brilliant. That is so good because up to that point, in their head, it's, this is going to hurt. You know, this right. is going to hurt. And I'm, right. I, the next two or three days are going to be agony. So, right, okay, 
my body can cope with it. It knows what to do now. Now we can really focus on performance. Right. Just that, that period of getting them out of pain is what I focus on to start. So you've got right. two long-term goal of getting them back bowling. But the first term, first sort of stage, get them out of pain. And once right. you're out of pain, your whole sort of body will change. Right. And even your attitude, your feeling towards what's happening also changes automatically. Yeah. How do you feel when you wake up and something hurts? Of course. Yeah. yeah. We're, yeah. we're upset. Yeah. We're sad. We're disappointed. Right. Just That's actually it. very interesting. When that and, leads uh, to not playing, you mm-hmm. know, it's double because everyone, well, everyone I speak to loves cricket. Probably right. all three of us probably love cricket. Love yeah. cricket. And absolutely. If, yeah. And if you've got something that's going to stop, you know, like even, oh, I don't want to be trivial with it, but during that, the first proper lockdown, there was right. no cricket on TV. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That itself was such a big loss for us. Yeah. Right. Massive, you know, and you know, all the sport that you usually watch is suddenly gone. It's taken away from you. The joy's gone. So exactly. when you've got an injury, it's double because you're in pain and you can't play. Right. So once you give them a framework for that and get them understanding, we're gonna get through this, we're gonna get out of it. And then it's just positive reinforcement. And if they're doing the work which I set them, the pain can go pretty quick, and then right. things start well, then they want to check off. You know, it's like someone trying to lose weight and just need the first two, three pounds. Then the next two, three, and you keep going and going and going. Right. So yeah, that, that's the way I deal sort of with the with the more mental side, and it's just being there as well for them. Even if you know, some I've got one guy who, who just who's having a real tough time, and we'll talk other things, talk them surfing or going swimming and stuff like that. So it's just being there and, and having someone to talk to quite a lot as well. That's very well right. said, Ross. And also yeah. just to kind of add to what you said, so. Uh, it's very important for us to focus on that immediate pain, right? Yeah. Because that's something that obviously makes us feel sad, and especially with your clients and everyone who you've worked with in the past and even in the present, um, they probably have a lot of that short-term immediate pain. And once you immediately address that, that kind of obviously brings them into a more happy frame of mind. And then they're willing to kind of understand what you're going to give them with regards to their plan of, you know, yeah. improving their maybe ankle dorsiflexion or the different stability areas in their leg anatomy that might again allow them to get back to a good level of performance and then play really good level of at a really good level of cricket eventually so very well said and very interesting to learn about that as well and uh, i think Aryan will take us to the next question yeah um you know like you said right um once you're in like if a person is being told like you you, you can't ball ever again right you kind of you know uh work out the next few days or weeks on um you know, trying to get over that pain. And then you start, you know, you start progressing in terms of like, like how, how much he can bowl with, right? How fit he is to bowl, right? So yeah. it kind of leads uh, into this question, right? The importance of plan building, right? You know, like nowadays we see like, like if anyone like has a goal, they just, you know, they just go to the gym. They just, you know, they just work out, but they don't really plan their workouts. They don't really plan like what their short-term goal is and long-term goal is, right? So, you know, how important is it to have that routine, and to know like what your routine consists of. So you basically go towards your goal. Yeah, it's massive. And here's it again, from the guys I see, you know, I speak on Zoom to probably between 10 to 20 players a week. And the conversation usually goes like this. I says, okay, so, so tell me how you're training at the moment. I'm just doing a, you know, a regular strength plan in the gym because someone told me I need to get stronger. I said, okay, what does that consist of? Oh, you know, just the basic lifts. I said, okay, how's your body feeling that? Yeah, not great. Is your bowling improved? No, not at all. Why are you still doing it? Uh, 
Mm, I don't know. You know, and it's that plan that when you're doing a bog standard strength plan, yep, never gonna, it's not gonna help your bowling. There's a there's a place for strength, obviously, in everything, but what we see is players doing a hundred percent bilateral sagittal plane strength plan, and they think that's gonna help in something which is unilateral. And we're working in all three planes. The force right. is going through the body is ridiculous. Right. And so it's, it's getting them out of that mindset. And the people who don't push on find themselves going back to the same things that haven't worked before. It's madness. But, but because probably 90% of coaches or, or people involved with cricket and youngsters just say to a bowler, go and get stronger. And that sticks because there might be someone, you know, uh, uh, an ex-player who they really like or a coach who they who they look up to. And if they say, just go and get stronger, they'll do it. And, and you know, I've had some units coming into the one-to-one plan or even come to Worcester before. Right. And, and there was one guy who, who went on to actually become one of the wisdom crickets of the year. And the oh. plan he'd been doing before coming to me had been based around Olympic lifts and all this sort of stuff. He was a wiry seam bowler you know who, who might touch 80 on a good day but unbelievable set of skills but his plan didn't fit his body at all so he missed so much cricket over his career and he came to us at 34 played four years and i think he got 250 wickets oh. and it was just being smart with him we took we're, right. like you're not even going to touch a barbell you're 34 years old your body's wrecked <laughs> so it's your plan that means you can get on the park and that is everything. That that is where the S and C in cricket should be judged. Right? It, are you getting your players on the park? Yes or no? I don't care about the numbers. You know, you can tell me you've got someone squatting two fifty. Doesn't mean anything if he can't bowl. It doesn't right, mean right. anything if he's not improving. Because you're spending so much time getting him up in those numbers when his bowling suffering. So it's like mm-hmm. the ego within S and C is 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 scandalous. Absolutely, right. right. Be about the player. Everything's got to be about the getting the player on the park and then helping him improve. Yeah, and right. most of the time, it's getting out of your own way because the players are good enough to 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 play. Obviously, they're in professional sport. A lot of the ones I worked with. So just get, get, make them ready to play. That's it. Make them ready to play. Yeah. And there was an interesting quote from um, John Turin, who was a uh, I don't know if you heard of him. He was at SNC in. NFL, in the right. first time I got a job, he, the, the, um, I think it was a managing director, someone brought him into the office and said, you've got three jobs. Right. One, don't F them up. Two, don't <laughs> F them up. Three, make sure they're ready for the game on Sunday. Right. Get out of the office. And that's it. And that's how simple it is. It's very simple, right? It's yeah. So simple. You've, got, you've got players who've got a lot of ability. Make sure they're able to play. Make sure you, you facilitate their body in being able to play and going as far as they can in the game. Right. Yeah, I think so. Just to add on to what you said, right? Like you said how like 100%, like, you know, some cricketers come in and 100% they focus is just on their lifts, right? Which yep. I think so. They basically prioritize the wrong thing because, yep. you know, your priority, your, your priority should be, you know, good bowling, you know, whether you can bowl the right length with the right pace. So it's, and then they choose, like, you know, it doesn't matter, like you said, like whether you can squat 250 or 300, it matters, like, 
how long can you bowl for you know how good you can bowl for right so just just to reemphasize on that that point it's really important to prioritize um anything you decide to do so yeah kind of, it kind of lead- mean, yeah sorry that doesn't mean don't don't be strong right right you right, know yeah. always, you know within a part of the program our guys are also who were hip thrust in 250 they were deadlifting <laughs> 20 and they're strong they're fine i'm like brilliant yeah. you can you know that's part of the program maybe you know 10 20 percent brilliant you're strong enough right make sure we're getting the other stuff so that's that's something i think gets lost because it's something I've been accused of in the past. Of, oh, you, you hate strength. You don't like strength. It's called cricket strength, my business. So, yeah, you know, exactly, I like exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, don't spend all day, every day, and, and that's it. Exactly. Make sure it's yeah. part of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, like it's just prioritizing the right things, right? You got exactly. to, Yeah. So, you know, kind of leading into the next question, right? Obviously, you've taught many students, right? Um, you know, like who who has been the student which you have been the most impressed by like which has made like the most progress yeah in terms uh, of according talent, to you yeah um yeah okay well I, I, a bit a bit a few so one of the ones is, is yeah. the guy i just spoke about so he came at 34 right. um amazing bowler couldn't get on the pitch uh, and the way he went about the work i set for him seeing it, it was very different to what he'd done was fantastic and he was a role model for everyone else you know okay. even though he wasn't doing the same work as some others he did it so diligently that everyone looked up to him and then whatever work they'd been set they'd do it and then right. interestingly the guy who almost replaced him is a, is a youngster called charlie morris who mm-hmm. came to us from devon uh, yeah. and he was at uni he'd been in around somerset but not quite broke through uh, but he came on and, and was probably the most diligent cricketer I've ever known. Yeah, he, he right. interesting everything, you know, um, crossed every T, dot every I, everything you asked. Uh, and you had, physically had to sort of pull him back and say, right, now chill. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was fantastic. Um, there's a young bowler now called Dylan Pennington, who's at Worcester, mm-hmm. who's just gone to Adelaide to play some great cricket. Right, fantastic. interesting. You know, unbelievable attitude gets in and does everything um i'm trying to think of others but but yeah those, those really would do be the main stand out main. yeah just yeah. for their attitude yeah. the way they go about everything pat brown obviously came in uh, and did really well then just the amount of cricket and, and some changes that crept into his action that shouldn't have um not his fault just gave him a back injury for about 18 months but he's Right. He's back now, and I think he's going to have a um, uh, a big summer, and he's he's got a nice little bit of um, aggression in him as well, which right, that's can... always always helpful as a fastball. Yeah, and, and and actually, I'd say someone like Jack Brooks as well, um, just because he came from nowhere, uh, he came right. to me at North Ants when I was there. Uh, is I think it was twenty four, and he'd been trialing around the country, and he had a job. And he'd have to take time off from his job to drive all around the country to try and make it. And for me, when someone does that, you know they've got that utmost excellent... dedication. Utmost yeah. dedication. Yeah. And sometimes those guys will give you a lot more than someone who goes through the academy system who will almost get spoon fed all the way. And it's right. a little bit easy. But the guys who really have to go and earn it, they never take anything for granted. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's that determination. Yeah, he's 37 and still. 
He's wow. at Somerset now. He's still going, you know, pretty strong. So, so yeah, he, he impressed me. Great to know. Right, great to know. right. Yeah, it's one and, of those um, things. Right, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I just finished my point. Uh, it's, it's one of those things, right, like you mentioned, um, you know, work ethic, right? You know, how important is it? Like, like you said, the person who's 34 years old, everyone looked up to him, right? Because of his work ethic, even though, like, you know, like you said, like, he wasn't able to do, like, all the right things, but because of his work ethic to what goals he worked for with, like, that discipline and motivation, right? That's what yeah. made him, you know, a great uh, player and a leader in kind of, in a, in a way, right? Yeah, 100%. So yeah, I just want to em- emphasize on that point. Yeah, you can go ahead, Anivrat. Yeah, so um, just to know, Ross, um, what kind of inspired you to shift from working with these, you know, very highly accomplished uh, county teams and T20 teams into starting your own business? I know it does have something to do with, obviously, what we discussed earlier in terms of, you know, getting the right things going on in, in terms of an anatomy and structure yeah. and things. But, but, you know, it's very interesting to know that you started your own business and it's it's really it's a cool business so we want to know what kind of inspired that yeah well i started back in 2013 uh, and i when i started i was i did it with steph jones who um was a right uh, was a, he was actually probably, was he a, a coach at a uh, rajasthan royals by any chance the yeah, bowling, yeah, yeah. bowling coach, bowling yeah. coach. Right. i think he's probably the best fast bowling coach in the world Wow. His knowledge is, is unbelievable. Honestly, I've learned so much from him. He's a different level. Fantastic. So we start, yeah, we started it back then and with the idea because there was just so many, so many players just below the pro level. And the information that they had was so poor, you know, just right. like beyond right. strength in this that, and the other. So we want to do something to try and help them. And that that was a sort of the idea behind it and it's just grown from then Steph's doing his own stuff now he's got pace lab and he's doing really well uh so for me it just grew and the reason why I've done so I did 22 years in um the the cricket jump stuff which has gone really well Mm -hmm. um the the players the difference is everyone I work with now is desperate to work with me and, and right. that's a fantastic feeling because they will do what I, what I ask. In the pro game, you might get five, six, seven out of a squad of 20 who, who aren't interested. Right. And you can drag them to do anything. And it, it takes its toll. You know, it's like 22 seasons, 22 pre-seasons, 22 in-seasons, you know, the, the games, the same chats all the time. Yeah, I right. think it's just a bit of time for, for me to say, right, that's enough. Um, I want to go and do my own thing. And now I've got free. I can say what I want without anyone having a go at me for something. Exactly. They can have a go at me, but yeah. it doesn't matter. They don't care. I can be very free with what I say. Um, I've got the opportunity to help so many more people now, um, you know, because I've literally got all the time to myself, whereas, you know, the, the last club I worked for didn't help me at all with, with my business or didn't want to be involved in it at all. Right. So. Yeah. almost held me back quite a bit so so now i've got the freedom to develop I've got the freedom to travel the world there's the seminars we're going to be doing you know covid permitting in dubai in houston america wow maybe in canada yeah. over there i got a few yeah australia you know it's just about getting out in the main my main aim in my whole ethos is help as many bowlers as i can because right. i don't want to hear or see fast bowlers or any cricketers 
having to mm-hmm. stop playing because of injuries, which are very right. preventable. So, so yeah, that's uh, and the, the feedback you get is unbelievable. You know, when someone, like I said earlier, gets out of pain, there was one guy, Chris, who came on, uh, would have been 2020, October 2020, just had knee surgery, was at the end of his tether, was like, I'm probably never going to play, this is my last shot, got him back playing, um, was the second leading wicket taker in his, uh, his division, and now we've moved on from just getting back to out of pain to performance. And, and right. when you get on a call and you just see the person's smile and, and that tells you everything that satisfaction yeah. right, of making such a big difference in his career in his exactly. life wow exactly so that that's why i do it and, and that's why i want to help as many as many cricketers as possible that's a wonderful story uh, ross we definitely love the ethos behind that because as you mentioned when you were with these different clubs in the county circuit it might not have been as free as you would have wanted it to be right in terms of how much yeah. you have to offer in terms of how much information you can provide to these players in terms of helping their their game develop. And again, a lot of them are not really interested in what you have to offer to them. But now, obviously, with cricket strength, it's like this is your business. This is your place of freedom. These players can come to you and they're coming to you for a reason. And now you have full freedom to give them everything that they need to, again, uh, advance in their game, fix these injuries and just keep going on and doing what they love. So that's, again... Yeah. One of the interesting things almost tipped me over the edge to actually what well, I need to go alone here is I did a session with a young set of academy fast bowlers so they're about 16 years old mm-hmm. and you know that for my money for what I do well as I encompass everything from injuries to fitness strength power bowling everything that comes with that I'm the best at what I do in the world right. and I asked these guys some questions and one do you follow me on Instagram you know these are young young lads who want to be professional bowlers right and i think one out of the eight followed me and i was like so you you want to be the you don't even research a guy who's here for you that you could tap into for free with questions you know get in my ear you know say everything you want to do but they didn't and i was just like geez you know what what am i doing then why am i here when I've got people lined up to speak to me because they want my help, but you guys here have got me. Exactly. Uh, you you right. don't want to tap into my ear. Exactly. And so that That's... was me saying, right, yeah. All right, time to time to go alone here. Exactly. Well, it's, it's very inspiring. Yeah. And uh, it's great that now you can, you know, do pursue your passion with complete freedom and you have people who actually want those services and need that help from you, which is, again, outstanding. And now slowly moving away from the business side of things, we just wanted to go into fun, open-ended questions. Um, What are your current thoughts about your favorite uh, international team? I mean, of course, you probably do support England, but uh, in terms of the ICC tournaments coming up and uh, things like that, what do you think is, uh, who do you think, which team do you think would be favorites to, you know, pursue or do well in those, in those tournaments? You know what? I'm probably a little different. I love Australia. Wow. I, I, oh. I, I honestly, I love their mentality. Cricketing their, culture as well. I, I love the culture. I love how forthright they are, um, how no, well, low BS they are. You know, they just want to yeah. get in, get after it, play tough. Um, and, and I love that. I, I've got no love for England at all, to be honest. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a broken system, to be honest. Right. It, 
you know, it's, it's coaches that have just finished playing. I don't understand coaching. It's very easy and safe environment. Uh, people don't challenge each other. And it's, uh, I don't know where it's going. I feel for some of the players. I think they've got some outstanding players, but I'm not sure they've got the right systems around them. Um, you know, in Australia, I think they have. You know, someone like... Better circuit going on, domestic yeah, circuit. Yeah, possibly, yeah. But, you know, it's... They've probably just got better coaches involved. I think the women's game is pretty pretty strong in England. I think they right. they probably do it a little bit better. It's not quite a, the same old old pals act. You know, they get good coaches in good positions. Right. Um, I think you know that that's going well. But, but no, I, I like Australia. I like, love the way they play. Love the West Indies. Um, right. You know, when I, when I was growing up, they were you know, still quite a dominant force. Wow. Right. Yeah. 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 Love watching their fast bowlers. Uh, so, so yeah, you know, I, I, those are pretty my um, my two favorite teams, I reckon. That's great. That's great to hear. And uh, speaking a bit about what you said about England right now, in terms of you know how we don't, you probably, you guys probably don't have the best coaches in the right places. Um, how do you see that progressing with time? Do you feel like the English cricketing structure, whatever, is going wrong in terms of their? Because we did see now, even in the Ashes, things didn't go as well as they should have for England. Uh, you know, in terms of they have so much talent in the country, but. Of course, they couldn't execute as well as they would have liked to against Australia. So, how do you see yeah. that progressing with time? Do you think? think I, don't, be I, I don't. I don't. Honestly, I, I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't think it will change that much. To be honest, it's mm -hmm. you know, with, with everything that's gone on in cricket over here in the last couple of months, you know, look when you look at everything Yorkshire and everything, and you, you think it would have changed now if it's going to change, but yeah. uh, I, I don't think it would change much. I think there's still. I don't, know, I don't know if you guys watched the um, documentary about Stanford. And, um, Haven't actually, no. yeah, but we'll definitely check that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's, uh, that's an interesting take on the ECB, which probably hasn't changed much. Um, so no, I don't, I don't see it changing. They keep blaming the county game, uh, yeah. and I don't know what the county game can do because the games get shoved at the start of the season or the end of the season. Everything sort of made way for the hundred and the T Twenty tournaments. So, right, right, right. You know, yeah. You know, but geez, I, I was at Northants when Monty broke through, and right. and they had a massive right. go at him about his fielding, but he hadn't played for us. He, he played about three games. He'd come from uni, played three or four games, and then England picked him, and then they were having a go at Northants. It was like, right. You know, they just had a go at Ollie Robinson's fitness. He's been within right. the lines in England for two years. Right. Don't, don't have a go at him now. If you had an issue with him, it's out the start. Or exactly. You know, there's the thing with the fitness angle is they always say this, but they never actually go through with it. They say, you know, you've got to be yep. body fat's a certain level, and you can see players being picked that aren't it. So, so don't say it if you're not going to go through, and then don't exactly. throw someone under the bus. Exactly. In terms of their fitness, right? Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. there are a few examples of people who might not be as fit in terms of body fat percentage. Right? Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. And I've never seen a big player, a really good player who's not fit, get pulled up on it. It's only the, the, the ones on the outskirts that they'll suddenly have a go at. So I just see a lot of double standards, a lot of rubbish. You know, how can someone like Jake Libby, who's got like 600, um, uh, 1,600 runs in one and a half seasons, not even get a Lions gig? Is it because he's at a small club like Worcester? You, just, you don't know. The, yeah, that's not fair, right? right. Yeah. yeah so, there's well, no standard some guys just walking to the team from Surrey, you're like, Okay, that's the way it's going to work, is it? So, <laughs> right, right. All that changes. You know, look at Aussies picking Scott Boland. We wouldn't right. have done that. Right. No way we would have done that. So, great, um, yeah. I think we've been carried for 
15 years by Broad and Anderson. You know, exactly. Yeah. Hook with the bat and now root with the bat. Right. Yeah, we're, um, we've relied on them. I think they've covered over a lot of cracks. A lot of cracks. Right. But hopefully these do, these cracks do eventually, you know, dissipate and we have more uh, talent from all these smaller domestic pockets entering the, the English cricket, uh, just the team in general, the international team. Hopefully, that would yeah. be great to see eventually. And hopefully they look after guys who come in like Joffre. Right. Yeah. Don't overplay him, right? And just respect that they've come from somewhere different. And so they're, they might be different as people and, and as athletes. Don't, right. don't treat Joffre like you would do with uh, a different bowler is a workhorse, you know. Make right. sure you look right. after him. Yeah. And you know, the, some of the things they've said about him, and you think, why did you, why did you say that? It's the way Mo Ali was treated, right? Disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful. You know, that's the, true. The things that that should have come out that haven't about the things he's been told. Mind boggling. He should have been a, in the team. Right, you're, you're playing at seven or eight, and, and you're staying there for ten years. You know, you're a gun <laughs> gun batter. Right. We're just going to back you, and he never was. And so you just think something's rotten here. Where does that arise from? Right, it's a good question to ask. And um, yeah, and other than that, um, Aryan, do you have any other uh, questions to add to that? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, so what do you, in terms of coaching, like what, what are your future plans? Obviously, you know, with COVID, it might have you know kind of hampered it, uh, uh, because it's like virtual, uh, so. You know, after COVID gets over, which hopefully it does soon, uh, what, how, how do you plan to, you know, restructure your coaching and your one-on-one session? Just before he completes that, Ross, so, you know, you spoke about these, uh, what do you call it, these sessions or things that you're going to try to do in the States or maybe in Australia yeah. and England. Maybe you could speak a little bit more about that too, because that sounded very interesting. Yeah, so, so at the moment, everything's online and, and the results are still phenomenal. So the one-to-one online. Um, but yeah, hopefully... We'll go and uh, probably going to team up with Steph again, uh, and we'll just go around the around the world and, and just put on like four or five day camps at the places where we can get into everything with players, you know, injury prehab, rehab, technique, you know, aerobic system, sprinting, uh, wow. using medi balls, the, the weighted balls which Steph has pushed massively, there all those sorts of things, and just get out and and help as many people as possible. So you know, the, I think the plan would be to do sort of six of them a year and just keep building the online stuff. That's right. a great plan. We really look forward to seeing how that grows with time, and I'm sure it'll be outstanding. And I'm really excited to see the fact that all these young fast bowlers are going to be in the right hands in these camps in the near future. So I think that does bring us to the end of the question that we had planned out. And um, yeah, other than that, we would like to conclude with that. Aryan, do you have anything else to add? Or... Yeah, uh, do you have any questions for us? No, I don't, um, don't think so. Hopefully that was useful. Hopefully, you know, my aim is, like I said, to help as many young players as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can, get hold of me. I'm at cricketstrength.com or on Instagram, cricketstrength. Uh, and just drop me a message. You know, I, um, people get surprised because I respond to messages. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We will, make sure, we will make sure to plug in your Instagram handle into all of our promos. And at the same time, uh, maybe send a message to anyone who's, you know, in, in Groston cricket and is a fast yeah. bowler and uh, maybe send them your handle as well, because that would be extremely beneficial to them. So yeah. we will keep that in mind too. And, um, if they feel there's no way that like, if they have injuries and they feel they're at the end of the tether and there's no way out, then just drop me a message and there's always something we can do. 
Sounds great, everyone. Remember that. Keep that in mind. And um, yeah, other than that, you can stream this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And the link will be on in our bio on Instagram. And I think that does bring us to the end of this podcast. Yep. Thank you for tuning in. Cheers. Cheers.